Hello there, and welcome back to Medics Money Triage. Matthew, back again. Hope you've had a good week so far with the soaring temperatures. Apologies, missed last week. I was down with Tommy and Ed for a big old meeting, and time ran away from me. So it has been a good week at Medics Money with our new colleague, Andy Powell. We've all been hard at work, and Tommy's hand is recovering slowly but steadily. So no bad news so far. It's been such a busy day aboard the good ship Medics Money. I've only just got around to recording this. So it's the evening. No coffee for me, sadly. But today's triage is actually taken from a very recent episode. In fact, from just a month ago on May 9th, 2023. Entitled Over 150,000 Opt Out of the NHS Pension. And it was such an important episode that I felt a brief reminder might go a long way. Now, the setup of this episode is a fairly new style. It's reminiscent of the on-call videos we used to do. And we're very keen to do more of them. It's designed to be an off-the-cuff take on current issues surrounding healthcare professionals. So what's the Medics Money podcast usually benefits from rigorous scripting and fact checks. These episodes are more relaxed and conversational. So if you're a fan of this style, don't be a stranger. And let me know at team at medicsmoney.co.uk. So our first clip has got Ed talking about a couple of articles he found regarding alarming numbers of healthcare professionals opting out of the NHS pension, at least in part to support themselves during a dark time of high inflation and stagnant wages across the NHS over the years. It's all about the growing number of doctors and nurses who are freezing their pension contributions in order to boost their pay. So a company made a freedom of information request and have discovered that 150,000 people have opted out of the NHS pension scheme between April and December last year in an attempt to boost their take-home pay in order to boost their salaries. And it also runs the cost of living crisis and the pressures that people are facing. So they actually asked people why they're dropping out and apparently half of those people said it was due to affordability that's why they left the scheme and the remainder cited other financial priorities so a lot of people are as i say dropping out of the pension in order to increase their pay to help with the cost of living crisis and that actually links to the second article which is very again as i said very much linked which is that there's Various people, various think tanks, such as the Policy Foundation think tank or Policy Exchange think tank, have suggested that the government should consider reducing the NHS pension, but rebalancing things in order to give us better take-home pay. So overall, the idea is that we wouldn't be, in quotation marks, worse off. The taxpayer shouldn't be worse off. The idea is that they rebalance our overall compensation towards our pay now and away from our pensions in the future and that you know has pros and cons should we say but the two articles that i thought might be interesting to discuss yeah okay so let's go to this one hundred and fifty thousand people opting out of the nhs pension this makes me really sad for two reasons i'm sad for the healthcare professionals that are opting out and i'm sad for society let me explain my thoughts and see what you think so your pension is effectively a part of your remuneration, easy for me to say. Okay, so it's like delayed pay, you know, that you get paid in retirement. It's an incredibly important part of your overall pay and reward package. It's like the NHS are saying, okay, we'll pay you X amount for working today. And when you retire, we'll continue to pay you X amount in retirement as part of your overall pay package. So it is an incredibly valuable benefit. And 
It also comes, quick recap, it comes with other benefits as well. So it comes with what's called death in service benefit. If you're an active member, generally you get two times your pensionable income, or you don't get it because you're dead, but anyway, you get the point. Two times your pensionable pay if you die in service. And if you've downloaded our most recent pensions guide, you'll see in there that we remind you to do your death benefits nomination. If you haven't done your death benefits nomination and you have an NHS pension, please do it. It's really important. Okay. But it also comes with other benefits as well, like a spousal pensions, dependents pensions as well. So if you opt out, and I can't give you financial advice because all of your situations are different, but you know, if you opt out, you are giving up a valuable part of your overall pay and reward package. And I think you said half of the 150,000 had opted out for affordability reasons. Yes. Yeah. And the remainder cited other financial priorities. Yeah. So I want to break that down. So the second reason, so I said I was sad for healthcare workers that are opting out. Okay. I'm sad for society because as a society, we've decided that we've chosen to not pay healthcare workers who do incredibly difficult, incredibly valuable, life-changing work on a day in, day out basis. As a society, we've decided that we're not going to pay them enough that they can no longer afford to contribute 7% approximately, depending on how much you're earning, 7% of their pay towards their pension and secure their financial future. And that makes me incredibly sad as a society. Like, why don't we value the contribution that these individuals make? You know, what's more important than your health? And yet we're not paying our healthcare workers enough that they, can, they can't afford 7%, roughly, it to pay into their pension and they're giving up these incredible benefits. So that's for the affordability ones. I mean, what do you think other financial priorities means? Yeah, I mean, I don't know because what part of me thinks it's kind of very linked in terms of, you know, the financial priority, they need to, people need to pay their bills. So they're, they're reducing that, but that would, I presume would go down the other side of things. So I don't know if it just means that, you know, people have other, you know, well, literally what it says, other priorities at the moment wanting to, renovate the house or they're trying to put their kids through private school or whatever I don't know I literally don't know but you know in my mind it's all very much linked around the idea that people need more money right now because of the cost of living crisis so yeah I don't know if they're they seem very linked to me I don't quite know what yeah I mean, I mean this is uh, one thing that I worry about you know is we can't give advice but every time we have one of our experts on the podcast we ask them you know would you swap the experts have private pensions. Would you swap your private pension for my or your NHS pension? And without exception, they always swap, okay? Because the NHS pension is a really, really important part of your overall pay and rewards package. Clearly, the cost of living crisis continues to impact on millions of healthcare professionals across the United Kingdom. It's not an easy time for anyone, but we would just gently urge you to really consult a professional or at the very least think very, very carefully before opting out of the NHS pension for the reasons Tommy and Ed were just discussing. The main benefit of these episodes is that Tommy and Ed just chat about it and there's so much more in the episode. So to hear their thoughts, do check out the full episode on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Another interesting point from the episode is Tommy talking a bit about how medicine's changed even in the shortish time since he's been there. This is particularly relevant as we're edging ever closer to the launch of our med student and foundation year doctor podcast and newsletter. So if you're interested in that, do drop me a line. They graduated in 1999. Okay, so if they graduated in 1999, they paid no tuition fees. Okay, for someone who starts medicine tomorrow, starts medical school, they pay £9,250 tuition fees. Okay, the person that graduated in 1999 
almost certainly had no student loan and possibly had access to a maintenance grant, which was just a grant that you didn't have to repay. And even, you know, just being honest, I had access to a maintenance grant and it was means tested. And because my mum didn't earn much money at all, I got a decent sized maintenance grant. Okay, so this person in 1999, they got that. Now, you have a student loan when the interest rate currently on a plan two student loan is 6.9%. And I don't think student loans are getting enough airtime because of the length of the training at medical school. Medical students rack up an incredibly large student loan, okay? And the loan gets so large that for the majority of people, they will never repay the loan. And you're thinking, oh, well, if you never repay it, that's not a problem. But it is a problem because on a plan two student loan, how the repayments work is you repay 9% of your salary above £27,295, okay? So effectively, what you've got here is a 9% graduate tax for most of your career, I know the loan gets wiped eventually, but that's after sort of 30 years or something like that. So a 9% graduate tax. And that's something that our esteemed colleague who's commenting in this article that about doctor's pay did not have. So imagine that, a 9% drag. And like I had a plan one student loan, average interest rate for me was 1.1%. It was amazing debt. And I'm eternally grateful that although I had 85,000 pounds of debt, I was able to repay it. If I graduated now, I would never be able to repay my student loan. And I would just have a 9% graduate tax applied to my entire salary for my entire career. I mean, I just cannot imagine how that feels. Yeah, it's such a huge burden, isn't it? Like you had a plan one student loan. In fact, I a long time ago. And when I went back to medical school, I wasn't allowed a loan at all because I already have one. So I think they, if I had done, it would still be on plan one. I think that was the last year of plan one when I went to medical school the first year so uh, yeah again like you they're very grateful that I had that because yeah the game really has changed and uh, you know it's a whole different world right now for the junior doctors. I think it's so interesting to hear how medicine has evolved and continues to evolve and how experiences will be completely different for this next generation of doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals. This in my humble opinion is exactly the value of a new team hosting a brand new podcast just for medical students and foundation year doctors. Related to this Tommy then presents some interesting yet harrowing data on where junior doctors choose to go after experiencing the NHS. Take a look. So I want to show you this graph, and this is one of the scariest graphs I've ever seen. Again, this is from the YouTube that I did with Mr. Joe Manjali about would we recommend medicine to our children. So this graph shows what junior doctors choose to do after F2. Okay, they've done two years in the NHS. So back in 2010, 83% of them stayed in the NHS and continued on to higher levels of training to become a specialist or a GP, okay? And only 16, or let's call it 17% of them, went elsewhere. So that's 2010. In 2018, only 38% of them stayed in speciality training, so stayed in the NHS. And a majority, 62, let's call it 63%, went elsewhere, okay? And a significant number of them went outside the NHS and outside the country, okay? So junior doctors are voting with their feet. In 2010, 83% of them carried on, stayed in the NHS, keep training. And in 2018, only 38% of them. And 2018 was a long time ago. There's been a lot of water under the bridge since then. I reckon, I don't know this, but I would imagine these figures are a bit worse. Yeah, I mean, that was 2018. I mean, now... I should think it's definitely worse. And that's terrible, isn't it? It's like already a low proportion going into training, carrying on. Yeah, I'm sure that's got worse. 
If you're workforce planning in NHS, and I don't really know who is workforce planning, if anyone knows anyone who's workforce planning in NHS, like, let me know. But if you were, this graph should really scare you, okay? And the final thing is, I bet maybe some of the people are thinking, well, you know, low paid when you're a junior doctor, but when you become a consultant, you hit the big time? Check out this graph, okay? So this graph is from the Nuffield Trust, so independent, and it shows the average earnings compared to 2010-11, okay? And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that although junior doctors have had a massive, or foundation year one doctors have had a massive real terms pay cut, those that have had the biggest pay cut in terms of doctors, consultants, okay? So if you're thinking, okay, being a junior doctor is really hard, but there's a carrot waiting at the end, a gold-plated carrot waiting at the end, I regret to inform you, dear listener, that there is not a gold-plated carrot waiting at the end. And according to the Nuffield Trust, the gold-plated carrot for consultants is worth at least 15% less than it was today in 2010-11. And the private sector line there, I mean, they're doing all right, aren't they? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Despite the fact that the press always comparing us to the private sector and how terrible things are for the private sector compared to the NHS in terms of Hey, etc. Just yeah, craziness. This graph is really revealing. As these are just designed to be short episodes, there is always so much more I could cover. Most importantly, a guide just for nurses. Available at mentismoney.co.uk forward slash nurses. Importantly, if you have any feedback about this, please do get in touch, as we'd love to hear from you so we can help our valued nursing colleagues in the best possible way. So once again, that's mentismoney.co.uk forward slash nurses. Alright, thanks for tuning in everyone as always. I hope you continue to get some value out of these little episodes. I'll be seeing you all next week and on the student podcast real soon. Hey, right, take care everyone.